Amen. Well, happy anniversary, CLF. It's an honor to be here. You may be seated. Thank you so much, Pastor Joe and the team, all the ministers that are here. It's a great honor to be here to serve you again and to just recognize what the Lord has done. Hasn't he done an enormous, amazing work in this ministry? Let's give God thanks for that. Come on. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, I want to share with you briefly um, around this topic of impacting the community. Um, I'm hoping to have um, the slides on the screen, and I want to thank the, the IT team because they didn't have much notice. <laughs> um, so, loved ones, please, if you have your Bibles, um, please turn to Matthew chapter 5. Verses 13 to 14. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 14. You are the salt of what? Okay. Are you all there? <laughs> Let's start again. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Father, thank you for your precious word, and we pray, Lord, that you will speak to us by your spirit. Lord, your people need to hear from you. Therefore, Lord, I ask you, please, right now, to do the work that only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to aim for three outcomes from this session. One is to identify two paradigms for church engagement in the community. Two paradigms for the church engagement in the community. Secondly, to define the theory of source and target in regards to impact. I know it's a lot to take in, but um, oh, it is on there. I thought it was on there. <laughs> and number three, to explore the strategic positions of the church and the community. As a, a way of introduction, and um, I do feel a little bit uncomfortable when I need to do this, but it's to give it some context. That probably about 12 years ago, um, I was challenged by the Lord to really look at how I engaged as a leader in the community. And um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine and he said, look, no, one of the key things about engaging and impacting the community is to have a servant heart, a servant heart. And as a consequence, I targeted specific um, areas and activities in my community, in my borough. 
I went to a hospital. We have a university hospital, literally walking distance from our church. And I contacted the chaplain there and said that I was willing to serve. And as a consequence, they put me on one of the boards in the hospital um, whose uh, remit was to look at aftercare service, um, spiritual aftercare service and the activities on the ward. I then went to the police and again said to them, is there any way that I can serve the police? And as a consequence, um, through an interview process, they appointed me as a chaplain to the Metropolitan Police. Then I went to uh, local council, local government, and again um, met with the head of the council and said, um, how can I serve? I'm here. And over a number of years, what has happened by God's grace is that um, I, I've represented um, not only the Christian church, but my church in very strategic positions. So currently, I'm the chair for the strategic um, hate crime um, group in Wandsworth. Um, I'm also on the board for the Safer Neighborhood um, Board, which holds the borough command and the police to account. So we look at uh, statistics of crime, we look at strategy, and we together collaborate on what should be the police and priorities. And also, um, I have a role as the chair of the, the Wandsworth Borough Dean, so I connect all the different denominations, Methodist, Catholic, uh, Presbyterian, together, and we meet twice a year with the head of the council to discuss a joint strategy between the church and the local government. The reason why I'm telling you this um, and in you, many of you know my heart is in by no way, shape, or form to elevate myself in your eyes, but to encourage you and try and inspire you to understand that it is possible for the church to infiltrate and serve and impact a community in ways that are often beyond our comprehension. If someone had told me that I would be in these strategic positions in my borough, you know, 12 years ago, I would have thought, no, are you sure? So I really want to stir your hearts, and when I pray at the end, by God's grace, is release and activate something from the Lord that will help you to take up key positions. I want to look at this whole idea um, of salt and light as a, as a backdrop. When Jesus uses metaphors, I always take notice and he suggests that we are the salt of the earth. We know that salt impacts earth, light impacts atmosphere. And there is a challenge for us to live as human beings, but live with a heavenly consciousness. Live as human beings, it's important that people know you're human, <laughs> but live with a heavenly consciousness. In fact, the more that you um, walk with God, you become much more God-conscious than self-conscious. And it is a challenge because, you know, when you walk into meetings, when you deal with people that are of high uh, status, um, you can get into your flesh. But it's so important, you know, uh, when I chaired my meeting this week at the council, I made a decision, I'm going to be me. 
um, irrespective of who's there, I want to go into these places by the grace of God with a consciousness of who I am, but more importantly, a consciousness of God. But Jesus warns us and he says, look, uh, there's something about salt. And it was a little bit of a paradox because he says, um, but if the salt loses its flavor, then what use does it have? Now, the interesting thing is that pure salt doesn't lose its flavor. So what was Jesus alluding to? Remember he said that you are the salt of the earth. So the idea, the concept is salt within something else. Salt within food or salt within an ingredient. And if that is true, then what he says makes sense because when something that has salt in is exposed extensively to strong light, what happens is that the salt is pulled out of the ingredient. And within this period of time, it was common that if salt was extracted from an ingredient, it was seen as impure. And what they would do is then take that salt and build roads. So when Jesus said that if the salt loses its flavor, it's good for nothing but to be trampled under the foot of men, it was literally saying that if you lose your identity, if you lose the nature of who you are when you are engaged in the earth, then your purpose has changed. And instead of being in a position of usefulness, you find yourself influenced by men. And it's such a tremendous challenge when I meet with leaders, this dichotomy of being able to remain who you are but yet at the same time, impact community. Let me elaborate on this some more. The idea of being salt is a tremendous challenge because persecution often comes about by the positions we take in society. And when we are not willing to follow the status quo, we almost create persecution by being true to our very nature. So that's the challenge of being salt. The second thing he says is that you are light. And just bear with me. Light as a wave carries energy and momentum. Light expands and radiates in several directions. And let me just put a pin drop there. The one thing about being light, Jesus said, is that you are like a city on a hill, and listen to this, that cannot be hidden. Even if you wanted to be hidden, you cannot be hidden. Unless you intentionally try to hide it, God says literally by your function, you cannot be hidden. But it's one thing being seen and it's another thing being tasted. And we'll look at this. Light provides the atmosphere for core activities to function. So 
in the spiritual realm, you are already impacting your community by being light. You know, one of the incredible things is that when we look at these statistics on the Safer Neighborhood Board that I have, and they'll say to me, Noel, do you know why over the last quarter the crime rate or the knife crime has dropped in this particular area? Now, I can't say to them, well, an intercessory team actually went out there at night or the street pastors, um, I'm on the governing board for street pastors, wonder that we actually targeted that area because they don't understand that kind of empirical data. Maybe I should tell them. <laughs> but the reality is crime and the activities within a borough are influenced. There's a correlation between your function and your existence in a community. And whether they recognize it or not, we are impacting our community. Amen? So, the other thing is that we see objects better because light interacts with objects. So, it's not just about being seen. It's about our interaction with people. It's about our willingness to come alongside people. Do you know one of the greatest accusations that was ever levied at Jesus was that he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. What a tremendous thing. That people could say that the light of the world was a friend of those that were in darkness. A few um, years ago, I remember there was a serious issue, which I can't actually say publicly, a serious issue within our borough. And the head of our council contacted me and said, Noel, is it possible that you can come and pray in the council chamber before we have a meeting? Because even though not everyone is a Christian, we recognize the value of prayer in these situations. He says, the only thing, I'm only giving you three minutes. <laughs> but that was fine. The point I'm making is that that wouldn't have happened unless he saw me as a friend. So the idea of the soul and the light paradigms, are number one, is that the church must be amongst the functionality of the community. How does your community work? What are its mechanisms? When I looked at Wandsworth, I knew that being a, a place that housed a university, I needed to get in there. When I looked at the issue of housing, I knew I needed to get in there. When I looked at the idea of antisocial behavior, I had to get in there. I'm also on the Knife Crime Forum. Because I recognize unless I get amongst the functionality of my community, then I'm not going to make an impact. But participation in the community must not compromise our design or created function. What do I mean by that is that there are certain things they put to me and I said, I'm sorry, I can't participate in that. Because if I cross the line of my own functionality, then I change my design. Communities are transformed when the church becomes the source and the community becomes the target. Can you say that with me? Communities are transformed when the church becomes the source 
And the community becomes the target. If you could put that up there for me. Can you, let's say it again. Let's say it again. Communities. You see, churches lose their impact when the source of its transformation is the community. Let me explain to you this. I'm always very careful when someone says, this is what's happening in the community. This is what the church needs to do. And it's on the surface level, it sounds great. But the danger is, is that we are then setting our agenda by what is the status quo in the community. Rather than realizing, not in arrogance, that the community needs to be the target and the church needs to remain the source. When he says you are the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth, the idea is that where we turn up, we impact and we transform. But if we change, this, if our disposition changes, then the church becomes transformed by what's going on in the community. When it's the community that needs to be transformed by what's going on in the church. Hallelujah. So there are three things I want to lock into. In terms of impact, and those of you who work in social work or have done CBT, you will be familiar with its terms. There are three things. Number one, someone say strength. This is called the social impact theory. Number one, all individual factors that make a person influential bring strength to their impact. And we're going to unpack this. I'm just going to give you the headings. Number two, immediacy. It takes into account how recent events occurred. How current is an event? Number three, the number of sources. In other words, you can multiply your impact by multiplying your sources. Okay, let's look at number one, strength. Increase your influence by investing in your personal career and spiritual development. Now, one of the things that I have done for a number of years privately is to study successful people, study how leaders work in government. And what happened, I remember going into a meeting. This was my first meeting on the Borough Safer Neighborhood Board that brings into account the Borough Commander. And when I sat around the table, I realized in most of these situations, I call it the two-minute window. There was a lot of posturing and people, you know, strutting who they are. And they said, you know, um, Reverend McLean, what do you have to say? And I made sure in those two minutes, they knew I was informed. They knew that I understood my borough. And they knew I had value. And I could see the looks in their faces because maybe according to their perception, this was a guy that was only there through tokenism. But since that time, whenever I come to this meeting, they make sure, you know, uh, Bishop Noel, do you have anything to change? Or do you want to change the agenda? Because I've invested years of developing myself 
and ensuring that I can reach these people in a credible fashion. Now, please don't underestimate what I'm going to say to you next. And don't shout me down. Don't stone me. The anointing of the Lord has not changed on my life. But the currency by which they introduce me and understand me has changed. So the fact that I come in there and I already know the statistics for knife crime, I already know the demographics in my community, I already know what happened in my borough last night because I got a call. They're like, wow, this is not just someone who's anointed. This is someone who's informed. Number two, there has to be, when you want to engage with your community, a commitment so that what is on you flows from you into the community. Influence comes from Latin words, two words, in, which means into, and fluere, which means to flow. So what happens is that when you are positioned in your community, what you need to be praying for is that there is an inflow and an outflow into the people that you are with. Now let me explain to you the, how this happens. And I don't know if it's going to sound funny to you, but what I did on Tuesday, before my board meeting at the council took place, I, I was thought I was going to be late, but I got there early. And oftentimes when I get there early, as the spiritual person in authority, I set the atmosphere. I decree and declare, I said, Lord, even though this is a natural board, I'm standing in a spiritual position as a spiritual entity. And I pray that what is on me, that wisdom comes, grace comes. And I pray that when this meeting starts, out of my mouth will flow wisdom, anointing, grace, understanding, strategy. And as a little testimony, the reason why I know it works is that when they asked me to head up the, the hate crime, it used to be called Hate Crime Forum. But because when I came, I said, listen, this is not about talking. I said, let's create strategy. Then the council worker turned around and said, Noel, we need to change the name. Because I noticed that when we meet, what is coming out is not just rhetoric. What is coming out of this meeting is strategy. And I believe that every single one of you potentially can position yourself in your community so that people get the inflow and the outflow. Number two, immediacy. It's your ability to remain current. Current. About six years ago, when we were praying about impacting Wandsworth, the Lord spoke to us about human trafficking. When we went to the police, the police said, there is no evidence to suggest that human trafficking is an issue. This is not an immediate issue for our borough. And what happened is that we partnered with a local MP. Now, the Bible says that we need to be wise. And what the Spirit of the Lord did, he had us to partner with someone that actually wanted... 
hear this, to become the MP for the borough. Because at the time, our current mayor was, you know, wiping the floor with everyone. So he had a zeal. And he says, whatever I need to do, I need to get votes. I said, that's fine. You want to get votes. I want to impact the community. And what the Lord did, he revealed two major houses in Tooting that were hubs for human trafficking. Then we went to the police and said, um, just want to let you know, we found somewhere. And the police said, no, no, no. I said, yeah, we found somewhere. And then the police then set up an actual unit to raid the place. Then on the back of that, there were others that came to light in Wandsworth. The next thing we know, it was in the newspaper. The point I'm making is that when the Spirit of God tells you what is the immediate issue, we can't look at it on a flesh and blood level. The next thing that happened is that the council said, could you do a service in the borough? We'll give you the church for free so that you can bring council officers to the service to talk about how the church can deal with human trafficking. Church, something happens when the Spirit of God takes you up and says, be light and be salt. When you are willing to say, Father, I want your agenda and not mine. So you tap into a life issue. Everyone say life issue. Hallelujah. Number three, the number of sources. So one of the things I realized is that I was becoming tired. I wanted our church to make an impact. And do you know something? I'm being very honest with you. I remember a couple of years ago, and I think Joe was one of those that helped me. I, I said, you know, man, I want my church to grow a bit more, man. It grow. I want it to grow. And nothing wrong with growing. And the Lord said to me, because I love boxing, and he said to me, your punch is bigger than your weight. And I've never forgot that. And sometimes you can have a featherweight that punches like a middleweight. So he, the Lord has always said to me, the strength of your punch is greater than what you can see. Are you, are you getting me? And one of the things that I, I realized is that I have to multiply my sources. So I was the one going to all of these meetings but I have to multiply my sources. So when you want to impact on a greater level, you must multiply yourself. When God wanted to change the earth, he multiplied after their own kind. So one of the things I started to do was then train up people in my church to go and study. Now, I know that sounds strange because you would think the immediate thing would be to lay hands on them. That's important. But I said, well, look, we need people, more people in social work. So we encourage them to go back to university. We need more people in the legal system. So go and study law. We need people to do counseling. Because at the time, the only person that we had really was my wife. So we then had five or six people who went and did counseling. To the extent now on the Wandsworth Borough website, we're listed as a counseling center. 
and we have a GPs who can ring us up and refer people. But what we had to consider is that if we wanted to increase our impact, we had to multiply our sources. You need more people just like you. Because if I die, if the Lord calls me home tomorrow, what's going to happen? So we have to multiply our sources. Find the common places in the community and make sure you're there. Now, this is really funny. The word congregation, um, I'm doing a study on church at the moment. It's really transforming me. And one of the things about the, the, the original understanding of congregation, it was literally the flocking together, literally finding your flock. And what I found is that whenever the Holy Spirit reveals to me my flock, the arena that I'm supposed to be in, the arena where my voice is respected and heard, there's always grace there. There's some things I've stopped doing because I'm thinking, my voice isn't heard and my voice isn't respected. So maybe that's not my flock. Maybe that's yours. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you know you found your flock, your voice will be heard and your voice will be respected. The idea, last point, the idea of positioning is important. The idea of positioning is important. And I know that for many years, you know, when we go Bible college, we, we talk about the ecclesia. But as I said, in my recent studies, I started studying Athens because that's historically where ecclesia was used. And one of the things that was so powerful about the Ecclesia is that it wasn't just the fact that these people were called out of their state. These were people that could only influence when they reached the position of the Ecclesia, the place where the Ecclesia would meet. So what would happen when they met together they would vote on things. And sometimes, you know, we may think it was just around 12 people. The ecclesia could be up to 6,000 people. So what we're talking about are thousands of people called out of a state to influence the affairs of the state. And their positioning was the key. Everyone say positioning. Now, there were five things that the ecclesia could do. Number one, declare war. Church, I want to bring this into a very, very simple context. At the moment, I recently, just this week, started working with the lead for extremism in our borough. Anti-terrorism and extremism. And even though it wouldn't be right for me to, to make everything public, what we talked about, every single day we wake up, there is the potential for war. And even though I'm not suggesting I can influence international war, I want to make sure as a gatekeeper for my borough that there's going to be no war in my borough. I want to make sure that I influence strategy that keeps the cohesion of God's people together in the communities. Number two, the ecclesia could elect military generals. I want to be a person of influence about those who sit in the health service. 
those who sit in the judiciary system, those who sit as magistrates, I want to be an influence. Number three, as I said, they can appoint magistrates. Number four, they hold officers to account. So as powerful as our borough commander is when he sits in front of that board, I can say to him, I want to know why there are so many um, people stopped and searched. I want to know, could you tell me why? I want to know, I heard about an incident. In fact, this was a life issue where someone from our church was harassed. I said, can you tell me why this happened? Oh, uh, really sorry, Bishop McLean, I'll get back to you. It's not being arrogance. It's standing as the ecclesia. Because you've got to understand that in the spiritual realm, you are the authority in your community. Come on, church. We can't be passive. You know, when someone who's that high up feels that they have to be accountable to a little black boy, it has to be God. I'm just being real. It has to be God. Because I know where I've come from. But when you understand the position that the Spirit of God has put you to serve, to serve your community, it's a tremendous privilege. Number five, the ecclesia would have the final say on law. Before something is passed, they would go back to the ecclesia and said, this is what we want to push through. This is what we want to legislate. What do you think? Are you in agreement with it? Because if you're not in agreement with it, then it needs to go back and re-looked at. And one of the reasons why, I'm, I'm being very open with you, I deliberately positioned myself to head up the hate crime forum because I said to them, there are too many believers that are being arrested for hate crimes, and it's not true. So I need to be in a position where I can help them to understand that preaching the gospel is not preaching hate. Now you can pray for them, but there's a difference when they're going to make decisions, you're sitting around the table. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm coming, I'm coming. The last thing. Just to backdrop what I talked about positioning. Luke 5, 27, verse 30. Jesus impacted the tax collector. And when you study the narrative, it's absolutely incredible because when he impacted the, the tax collector, we know he went by two names, Levi and Matthew. The Bible says Levi then gave Jesus access, and this is in the word, to a great number of tax collectors. Think about it. He impacted one tax collector who became his disciple. And as a result, Levi then puts on a great dinner. And the Bible says Jesus was then introduced to a great number of other tax collectors. You impacted one, but the one became a gateway to the many. Glory to God. The feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew 14, 19 to 21. The Bible says that at least 5,000 men besides women and children were saved. 
about long before the Trestle Trust, we started having a food program every single Sunday. And we noticed that some people would, let's be honest, some people would just come that Sunday, take the food. And someone said, you know, Bishop, people are just coming to us. I said, that's what it's for. Because some, and let me, let me tell you this, sometimes, you know, as much as I love serving and love reaching out to people, sometimes you've got to be careful who you listen to. You know, one of the big things that happened is that I remember there was someone in my church that said to me, I don't think we should have community services on a Sunday because we need to hear the word. I thought, okay, I'm going to pause. I'm going to turn around. And I said, well, we still preach the word. Yeah, but we shouldn't be talking about, you know, those that are broken, you know, and you know those that are uh, involved in adultery or those that are being abused, because we, we have all of these kind of issues. I said, well, when should we have it then? The reality is, I ask myself the question: Why do we meet? <laughs> if we don't meet to address these issues, and we're the source, when do we meet? The idea of it, do you know there are over 420 food banks in the UK? And nearly all users have a severe drop in their annual income, which means nearly four in five households are accessing food banks on a regular basis. Four in five. Four in five. And we've just upped our game. You know, we, we've just developed a partnership with Tesco. And every Friday we collect food and we make sure we, we sort it out our kitchen, make sure we got certificates so that people on a Sunday can get food because it's a live need. I, yes, we will preach to them, but how many families could you impact by feeding? My last point, and this is a controversial one maybe, I consider the fact that when that woman was caught in the act of adultery, And Jesus reapplied the law. He saved her life. Saved her life. And I remember six years ago, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm tired, you know, this impacting thing. And he says, no, I want you to, to go to, to ones of prison. I want you to do all the training. And I know our dear sister there, does an amazing work. Did all the training, but I didn't realize that the training he was giving me was to prepare me for something. Now, I'm going to share this with you. Three weeks ago, a lady who is quite senior in the justice system said to me, Noel, I need you to come and work in our justice system because Currently, one in four people reoffend in the UK. We, we, our laws are not working. Two in five youth reoffend in the UK. It's not working. And I'm realizing this whole thing of impacting, there's equivalent approximately 2.4 billion Christians in the world. What would our world look like if we impacted every single community? Could you stand with me, please?
I don't know where the Lord may be positioning you. I don't know. I'm not saying to you today, and, and, and reason I don't normally share a lot of anecdotes. I feel uncomfortable, but I felt it was in context. But I've realized that I can't live a life that has no context. You know, when I walk into St. George's Hospital, knowing that I have had an impact on their strategy for how pa patients are looked after, or I get these bulletins that says there's been another stabbing. I'm asking myself, Lord, could I impact? Can I impact? Could I influence that? Do you know the one thing about the Ecclesia? They never ever blamed the people for the things that happen in their state. They never. That's why when something happened, the people would blame the Ecclesia because it was the Ecclesia that were in authority to pass laws, appoint the magistrates. If something is stirred in your heart this afternoon, I'm asking you to step forward. And I'm being very honest with you, you know, um, for me, I'm just going to be very transparent. You know, Pastor Joe, for me, he, he is probably my best friend. And, you know, I, I said to him, if he had asked me to talk about impacting nations, I don't think, I travel a bit, I don't think I qualify. But I've seen over the years this grace on my life to engage in the community and sometimes... I said, God, I, I, I don't even feel that I'm worthy. And over and over again, God keeps opening up doors for me to be in local government, to influence. And if the, somehow God can activate something in you as I pray, then that would be tremendous. That would be tremendous. Those of you who are uh, behind, could you just be praying for our precious people at this time? And I'm just going to pray um, and just ask God to activate because it's already in you. Just asking the Holy Spirit to activate. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit, said the Lord of hosts. Father, you call us to be salt and light. Lord, these paradigms, Lord, are there for us to assimilate our lives into. We pray that we will be people that change atmospheres, that change and influence systems, systems of operation. And Father God, we pray right now for a move of your spirit that will reposition us, reposition us in places 
of influence. Let there be an inflow into us right now. Strategies from heaven. Strategies of your kingdom. Strategies that come deep into our spirit. And as a result, Father God, reposition us in this nation. Reposition us in the nations of this world. And we pray in the name of Jesus that by the power of your spirit, favor will come. Favor will be heard. Favor will be felt. Father God, we pray that doors that have been closed will begin to open for CLF in tremendous ways in education, in finance, in health, in politics. Father, reposition your people. Father God, we pray that you will take us from being a voice in the wilderness to a voice in the community. Amplify the voice of this house. And we pray in the name of Jesus that as we open up our hearts and our spirit right now that there will be a mandate. There will be a mandate that we receive a divine commission that comes upon us, Father, for the sake of your kingdom. For the sake of your kingdom. For the sake of your kingdom. I've got one minute left. Can everyone, if possible, just pray in the spirit right now, just for one minute. Father, 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 Father. Father God, seal it, Lord. Seal what we have decreed. Seal what we have declared. Seal what we have decreed. Seal what we have decreed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I need to sit down. There's one thing I just need to share. And I feel, my God. Jesus said that you're like a city set up on a hill that cannot be hidden. And um, there are three stages. I've got time. There are three stages of a city. You know, the first stage is what they call the Neopolis. It's where you, you're like a town and oftentimes you have one economy which is normally agriculture. And then the next stage is what they call the police, where you grow into small urban units and each community develops. But the, first, the third stage is the metropolis, which is where the city grows into its full stature. There's often high growth. But what happens is that 
when it reaches a certain level of growth, if you don't create other cities, it becomes too dense. And I know you'll test this word, but some of you, under your pastor's direction, are going to have to plant some churches because you're at that third stage. And I'm not saying this is a new word, but sometimes you've got to say goodbye because God is saying, I want to multiply the sources. And you've gone from the Eopolis, you know, you were this little community of people, then you became the police. But now when you become a metropolis, and you start to develop all of these amenities amongst yourself. There's gas, there's electricity. What happens, like in many communities, it becomes too dense. And exactly what they're doing in the natural is what needs to happen in the spiritual. That governments are saying, we now need to send people outside. Because there's no more space for them to grow there's a shortage of houses within the space but when God finds you a new space where there's no house then you can take what you've learned from the city Father thank you so much that this church is committed to impacting communities Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and give him praise. Come on, let's give him praise. Remain standing where you are. Remain standing where you are. Come on, let's, let's seal this with praise. Come on, Father, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the thanks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. Hallelujah. I want you now just to consecrate what you have committed into his hands right now. Just commit what you feel God has spoken into your heart today. Commit it to him. Right now, let's dedicate ourselves. Those of you in the, in the congregation there, stand as well. And let's just consecrate ourselves. A very powerful, very informative, very anointed word from Bishop McLean. Father, we thank you. Father, we say yes to your word. We receive your word, Lord. And Father, as we become that metropolis, that different ones will begin to respond to that call to plant churches. We'll begin to respond to that call to enter into the leadership of their communities into the councils, different ones to retrain themselves, whether it's in counseling, whether it's in housing, whether it's in education. Lord, whatever it is that you're laying on our hearts, whether it's in entertainment, whatever it is that you're laying on our hearts, we say yes. Why don't you say yes to him? Whatever it is that he's laying on your heart, whether it's in the prisons, whether it's in the judiciary, we say yes, O God. Father, we ask for grace where our churches are right now. 
grace to begin to impact our immediate communities. Lord, to impact the immediate community where you've placed us in Aldershot, where you've placed us in Medway, where you've placed us in South Woodford, where you've placed us in Pilton, where you've placed us in Enfield, where you've placed us in Lambeth, and where you've placed us here in Greenwich. We ask for your grace. We ask for your grace. We ask for your grace. Noel, if you can come, I want you to pray and speak a release into our church. Again, concerning impacting our immediate communities. If the congregation leaders, if they can come, Pastor Allison as well, if you can come and join us. If the rest of you, you can take your seats, please. If all the congregation leaders can come, stand. I want Noel to just release over us grace. Can you stand? Don't just watch us. Stand. Stretch your hands out. You're not standing. <laughs> Stretch your hands out towards us as Noel prays over us. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray right now for the grace of release, the grace of positioning, the grace of insight and influence where you have planted us. Father, I thank you that as a seed in the ground, you have planted us for the sake of transformation. And we pray that we will seize the opportunity. We will seize the moment. For the earth is crying out, Lord. And we pray that we will be willing to be released into the localities where you have designed for us to be planted. Grace, 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 grace. Grace, 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 grace in the name of the Lord Jesus. Grace that is sufficient to keep. Grace that will release us into new measures of administration, new measures of favor, new realms of influence and let these men and these women occupy till you come in Jesus name hallelujah amen come on let's give the Lord a clap offering as we take our seats Sharon Let's just stand. I want us just to sing this song just before we end. It's your grace. Thank you. Come on, let's stand. Let's stand. To the darkness you bring hope. Come on. You risk.